Welcome to This Week in L5R, the podcast dedicated to keeping you up to date with Legend of the Five Rings, the living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. This week we're going to be going over the Crane Clan faction. And as a note, this is being recorded many weeks after the Crane Clan actually were revealed. They were the first ones. However, I had not actually dedicated myself to running a podcast about L5R at that time. So now I'm going back for the sake of completeness and making sure that I actually have at least all of the Crane card previews done. Hopefully before I go live on iTunes. Alright, so let's go ahead and start off with the stronghold of the Crane Clan. The name of it is Shizuka Toshi. It is a city with plus two province strength. It has 11 starting honor, 7 fate, and 10 influence. So far, overall, it's pretty standard and straightforward. The action on it is, during a political conflict, bow this stronghold. Choose a participating character with political skill 2 or lower. Bow that character. That has a decent bit of potential, and it does show what the Crane clan are going to be focusing on, which is political, and also bowing out their enemies. One thing to note, at first I was a little underwhelmed with the fact that it really was not able to do anything against anybody for more than two points. So far, all of the other strongholds either have a bigger impact, for instance, Lion and you know plus one military strength for each attacking character has a bigger high end potential, or is more versatile, such as the Dragon Clan, which can get either you know pluses to military or to political, depending on what it needs at that time. So this one being only for political and only a two-strength swing at most, I was a little underwhelmed at. So far, we have seen at least one action card, which can change a conflict type from political to military. If there is a similar card, either for Crane or Scorpion, it is possible that you would be able to actually go into a military fight, switch it to political, and then bow out a much stronger enemy from the original conflict. All right, next, the province of the Crane Clan is the Art of Peace. All right, so this is a four-province strength. It is an air province, and the text on it is Interrupt. When this province is broken, dishonor each attacking character and honor each defending character. This can be a really big swing, again, depending on who you're fighting against. Against the Phoenix or the Lion, this is going to make a huge difference because we'll probably have either people with high glory, which don't want to get dishonored, or a lot of people, in which case, all of a sudden they lose a lot of strength from having all their people dishonored. And also it means that you definitely want to defend this with multiple people. However, if you defend with multiple people, you run the risk of not being broken. I'm not sure if that's really what you would normally consider not being broken a risk, but it is a unique play concept. Overall, I like it a lot. As a side note, if you look at that and the art of war that is the Lion province, you'll notice that it is the same location just before and after the wars, basically. All right, so let's go ahead and start with the dynasty cards that the Crane have. The first one being Asahina Artisan, a Shugenja of Air. Zero military, zero political for two cost with one glory. So stat-wise, not very good. Action. During a conflict, bow this character. Choose another Crane character. That character gets plus three political until the end of the conflict. That is okay. The fact that it only gives a bonus to political and the fact that it actually is an action that you can only use during a conflict. So against a mirror match, you cannot target any of your one or two point political guys because chances are they would have already been bowed out. So I'm not overly impressed by this character. 
there are only two Shigenja in the Crane Clan and the Starter Box. So there's a good possibility that you're going to be running it for a little while, but overall, not particularly impressed. I think it's probably going to be one of the first ones to get dropped. Okay, so the next card is Doji Whisperer, the card renowned for having the worst image so far out of all of the spoiled cards. Not that the picture is not good. The picture is actually really good. The resolution of it, though, is tiny, so it's absolutely horrible to look at. It is a courtier with zero military strength, three political, and one cost and one glory with no trait. As an amusing side note, the Asahina Artisan, if it uses its ability on itself, which it, which it can't, would have the exact same stats as a Doji Whisperer that, that, that has a worse cost breakdown. So Doji Whisperer, one cost for three political and one glory. I like it. Asahina Artisan, still not impressed. All right, so the Brash Samurai is the next card. It is a Bushi, two military strength, one political for two cost. It has two glory, which about half of the Crane Clan have to glory. So this guy is pretty good. Action. While this character is your only participating character in a conflict, honor this character. So this is a guy who definitely wants to be sent in alone. If he does, he gets honored as an action. And so he'll then become a four military or three political. So he, de- so he definitely has some strength to be reckoned with. With one or two attachments on him, all of a sudden he becomes a completely usable character to crush a province. And for two cost, definitely worthwhile if it makes your opponent overextend to defend that province. And speaking of going in alone, Cautious Scout is the next card. It is a Bushi and a Scout card. Two military, zero political, two cost, and one glory. While this character is attacking alone, treat the defending province as if its printed text box was blank. I am a huge fan of this. A number of the really good province cards have win-reveal abilities. This has the chance to shut them down. I really like it. He costs two for two military strength. If by chance you actually have a bonsai or one or two other conflict cards and they don't send anybody to defend, it is very possible for this character to, to, to take a province by himself early on. The next one is Doji Gift Giver, Courtier. Zero military, two political for two cost, and she has one glory. Action. While this character is participating in a conflict, give your opponent one fate. That opponent must choose a ready participating character he or she controls, bow that character. The one fate is a little bit on the expensive side, but the Crane Clan do a decent bit on shutting down their opponents, and this has the ability, if they only have one person standing because you cannot target them with a bow ability if they're already bowed. You have to choose one who actually could be affected by it. This has some amazing potential. One of the benefits is this can be used either in military or political, and it can be either offense or defense. Very versatile. One fate is the only real downside, but there's a good possibility that you're going to make them bow out somebody who is far more powerful than that one fate is worth. All right, next card is Savvy Politician, Courtier, one military, two political, two cost, one glory. Reaction, after this character is honored, choose a character. Honor that character. That's pretty neat right there. The glory of one means, eh, okay, she's, so she goes from being a one, two character to a two, three character. It's an improvement, but nothing amazing. However, whenever each honored character leaves play, their controller gains one honor for it. So this person means that just by being here, if you target them with either the Ring of Fire or any other honoring effects, that they will end up with 
another character honored as well, which means they're going to get a little bit more honor out of it, and they're going to have a little bit of higher stats on the board than otherwise. So I like this character. Not amazing, not phenomenal, but good. And it's a courtier, which the Crane Clan really like having courtiers. The next one is Deidoji Narashima, Bushi Scout, three military, one political, two cost, one glory. Action. Choose a face-down card in one of your provinces. Turn that card face up. One of the things which I do find interesting is that this is the second scout that we've seen in the Crane Clan. I haven't actually done the math, but I believe that that is actually the most scouts in any of the clans so far. And the second one is a Deidoji, which generally the Deidoji scouts are called Harriers, and they do some pretty shifty, pretty shady stuff. However, this character was mentioned in the story, in the Crane Clan fiction, and doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would actually be a Harrier. The ability of it, of turning a card from face down to face up in one of your provinces, definitely has the potential to be interesting. However, the Crane Clan is, does not normally operate in a way where they rush and buy out everyone out of their provinces. I like the ability, it's good, but it seems a little bit off of their design space. Okay, so Doji Challenger. Three military and three political for three cost and two glory. Action. While this character is attacking, choose a character controlled by your opponent. Move that character to this conflict. This can be really neat. It only works on attack, but you can do a number of anti-military attacks with this guy by declaring early on a political challenge and then bringing in a character who would be much better in the military sense. So for instance, Hida Kasada, who's a seven military and two political. So the Doji Challenger will bring this character into the match and then you can do the stronghold ability to bow a character with two political strength, which means now the total strength contributed by Hida Kasada in this political match is zero. So I like it. It's very interesting. We did find out just recently that a character that has a dash in either political or military strength cannot be brought into that challenge. So you cannot bring a character in who's a dash. You can bring in a zero, that's fine, but not a dash. The next one is Kakita Asami. Courtier, one military, three political, three cost, two glory. A little bit low on the stats, but the glory is good. And the action is, while this character is participating in a political conflict, if you count more current political skill in the conflict than your opponent, take one honor from that opponent. I really like this character. Decently strong on the political side, and the fact that most political matchups, you will have more political skill than they will. The challenge is, of course, the character has to be participating in it, so probably only going to happen once around. I mean, you could target it with the Ring of Water or some other standing options. This might not be the best character you could use it on, but I do like it. It's a two-point honor swing because your opponent loses one and you gain one. I like the card. It's pretty solid. I think it's going to be around for quite a while. Next up is Kikita Kazen, Bushi Duelist Kinchinzen, which is the Crane Clan Dueling School. So far, he's the only person, I believe, who has that keyword. He is a three military and two political for three cost and two glory. So the two glory means that in the right situations, of course, he can be a very solid card. But for the most part, he's just average. Action. While this character is participating in a conflict, your opponent must choose a participating character he or she controls. Challenge that character to a military duel. If this character wins, 
Move each character not involved in the, in the duel home. If it is less, send it home. So that can be a pretty interesting one in the fact that you can do this in any conflict, either military or political, but it's only a military duel. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit risky if you don't have them honored first or have some other cards to increase the strength. Most times, there's at least going to be a two or a three military strength person somewhere in the fight. Might not be, but for the most part, there probably is. And then you get down into the dueling mechanics, which are a little bit unusual in the fact that you take your honor bid from the beginning of the turn, basically erase it, just like, you know, start rotating it around. And then you pick out a number that you want. Your opponent picks out a number that he wants. Then you add your total, in this case, military strength, plus a number you chose, and they do it on their character. And whoever has the highest wins. But if you bid different numbers, whoever bid the highest has to pay whoever bid the lowest that many points of honor. So in a 1-5 split, we're talking four honor leaves from one person and goes to the other. So that is a pretty big swing. Obviously, with the Kakita Kazen, if you can get him honored first, he's a five. And if no one else in the enemy army is higher than you know a two, then all of a sudden he has the ability to declare a duel. It doesn't matter who they pick out. So long as he bids three or more, he's guaranteed to win and send everybody else home. But even if they only bid one and say, you know, I'm going to lose anyway, I want to take honor, it's only a two-honor loss for the crane, granted two for their opponent. So the dueling mechanism is a little bit unusual. I'm not really sure how I feel about it yet. I really want to see more cards which act and interact with it before I really give an approval of it. I like a lot of the ideas of it, but so far they carry out, I'm just a little bit iffy on. Of course, on the downside is, if you want, you can actually challenge against somebody who is equal strength and bid one in the hopes that they bid high, so that way you get the honor, they lose the honor, and then this guy goes home. Amusingly enough, it doesn't go home bad. Alright, so the next character is Asahina Storyteller, Courtier Shugenja of Air. Two military and four political strength for four cost, and two glory. So far, that's pretty average. Alright, so its ability is Sincerity, which means when this character leaves play, draw one card. And its other ability is each honored crane character you control gains Sincerity. Now, this is definitely a character that whenever I play crane, I want to put a little extra fate on to make them last extra turns. Because at that point, whenever he's in play and alive, I really want as many of my crane clan people to get honored and die. Because each time, not only do I gain honor, but also I get to draw one extra card. And card draws so far is one of the big shortages of the Crane Clan, because for the most part, they want to bid pretty low. Next card is Guest of Honor, Courtier. One military, four political, for four cost, and one glory. For the stats alone, it's not a good card. Its ability is, while this character is participating in a conflict, opponents cannot play events. That's where all the strength on this card is. The ability to shut down events being played can be huge. There are a lot of plans that will really be shut down by that ability. The last character card is Doji Hatoru, the Bushi champion. She is three military, six political for five cost. So that's pretty standard cost and total strength for clan champions. Three glory, which so far is pretty average. Reaction. After you claim a ring during a political conflict in which this character is participating, resolve that ring's effect. So basically, they get to resolve 
a ring that they win on the political side twice. That can be really awesome. There's a good possibility it's going to be either, if, if they have their options, either the fire ring or the air ring, because that means they can either honor two people, which basically just like, you know, stacks the deck even more in their favor for winning, or it's honor. Or it's the air ring, in which case they either gain two honor and two more honor, or they take one honor and one honor from their opponent, which helps drive them down. So overall, I'm really happy with Doji Hattoru. The holding is Artisan Academy. The keyword on it is Academy, which I thought would have been pretty obvious. It is a plus one military strength. Action. During the conflict phase, reveal the top card of your conflict deck. Until the end of the phase, you may play that card as if it were in your hand. This is a card which I like in the Crane Clan because their shortage is their conflict deck. This helps counteract it to some degree. The challenge, of course, is the fact that your opponent knows what it is. And it only works on that one particular card. So only that one card is flipped up, and you may play that card as if it were in your hand. As soon as that card is gone, nothing else gets flipped up. It only works once. But in some cases, that might actually double the amount of conflict cards you have access to. All right, so now onto the conflict cards. Beginning with Steward of Law. He's a courtier and a scholar. One military, one political, one cost, zero glory which I find kind of weird from a steward of law. I would assume he would have had at least one glory. He has one influence. So easily splashable. I'm not sure how many people are going to want to do this, but his ability is, while this character is participating in a conflict, characters cannot become dishonored. I believe the only reason why this guy would ever be splashed is if by chance you're afraid of a lot of dishonor. In other words, if the Scorpion clan totally take over the meta and dishonor is everywhere, then yes, a lot of people are going to start splashing Steward of Law, but otherwise, not overly impressed. The next card is Above Question, which is an attachment. It is a condition, zero military and zero political bonus for one cost. Two influence, it has two influence, and it says, Attached character cannot be chosen as a target for an opponent's event. So this can definitely target one character and make them immune to events which can be a pretty impressive and pretty important thing. However, unless you have Hattoru out, chances are there's no one who you're amazingly wanting to protect. I don't believe that they currently have any other characters which are super characters at this point. Duelist Training, which is also an attachment. It is a technique. Zero military, zero political bonus for one cost. One influence, so it is pretty easily splashable. Attached character gains. Action. While this character is participating in a conflict, choose a participating character controlled by your opponent. Challenge that character to a military duel. Instead of giving honor for this duel's bid, a player may choose and discard the required number of cards from hand. Bow the loser of the duel. So again, the Crane Clan have the issue of not enough card draw, and one of the ways to counteract that is to make your opponent discard cards. This has the ability to do that in a very unique way, by basically declaring a challenge, and instead of honor being expended for it, it's cards being expended for it. The choice is by the player, so one person can spend honor and the other one can spend cards, depending on what they want to do. It's a very unusual card, and I like the aspects of it. I need to play around with it just a little bit more. Duels in general, I haven't really gotten to do very much of, but I like a lot of the feel of it. The next card is Height of Fashion, which is an attachment. It is a condition, which I find interesting since it's clothing. Zero military bonus, four political bonus for two cost. And it has three influence, which I find kind of odd. 
This attachment cannot be played during a conflict. So for two fate, you get a four point military bonus that your opponent knows about way in advance. I'm not particularly a fan of it. Yes, it can make a big swing, and if your opponent doesn't have any way to work around it, then it could be very impressive. Personally, I would much rather have Ornate Fan. That's not as big of a bonus, but you're probably already going to have political advantage for the most part, and you don't have to spend two fate on it, and you can do it in the middle of the conflict, so it's a surprise. So overall, I'm not a fan of this card. I'm sure people who are Crane Clan purists are probably not happy about my opinion, but I'm used to that. The next card is the Perfect Gift, which is an event. Zero cost, one influence. Action, reveal the top four cards of each player's conflict deck. Choose one revealed card owned by each player and add it to its owner's hand. Shuffle. This one I am really a big fan of. It is a zero cost. You get to look at the top four cards and get whatever is the most important thing for you right now. That's good. Your opponent knows what it is, though, so don't don't expect any amazing trickery out of it. The downside is, of course, is the fact that your opponent gets a card too. Luckily, it's one of the four that you get to look at and say, well, that looks like the least useful card for you to have right now. So I do like the card. It's pretty good. Yeah, there's a downside. Definitely worth it. And it's easily splashable, so I'm, I'm a fan. The next one is Voice of Honor, which is an event. Zero cost for two influence. Interrupt. When the effects of an event would initiate, if you control more honored characters than an opponent cancel those effects. So yes, there's a minor requirement. It is a free card as far as you know, zero fate cost. You have to have more honored characters than an opponent. If you do, one event you can just shut down. I'm a huge fan of that. That basically will take down pretty much any action, reaction. So I like that one a lot. It's pretty solid. Um, the next card is Way of the Crane. It is an event philosophy. Zero cost. Cannot be splashed. No influence cost. Action. Choose a crane character you control. Honor that character. That ties into the previous card pretty well and actually ties into a lot of the things that the crane clan want to do. Have their guys honored and gain, which of course gains honor and makes them better. So I believe that that is a really good way of card. Not the strongest, but good. The next card is Admit Defeat. Event card, one cost, two influence. Action. Choose a character that is defending alone. Bow that character. I think that's a pretty neat card. It doesn't really tie in that well to a lot of the other abilities that they have, other than the Cautious Scout and the Brash Scout, which have the ability to, very early on, go in for one military attack, which is very low strength, they're probably only going to send one person as a defender. Then for one fate, you make them admit defeat. They get bowed. Bonsai, all of a sudden, then you're breaking their province. And yeah, they just lost to us to a, a one-point or two-point scout. So, so overall, I believe that this card can be very... I believe that overall, this card is really good. It's possibly splashable for two influence cost. I really like this card. The last conflict card is Noble Sacrifice. Event. One cost. Two influence. Action. Sacrifice a friendly honored character. Choose a dishonored character. Discard that character. I am normally a scorpion card player, so I am not a fan of this. Because they can just choose any dishonored character. Of course, they have to discard one of their one of their honored ones first. But I believe that this is actually a pretty strong card. It makes the Ring of Fire even more desired. 
by the Crane Clan, as if it weren't already enough, which actually makes Doji Hataru's ability to get the Fire Ring and get two different effects from it, to honor one friendly character and then, then dishonor one of their opponent's characters, actually an incredibly strong ability. So overall, I like the Crane a lot. I would say that they're probably one of the more straightforward clans to play, henceforth one of the easier ones to, to do well. But I like how they play, and I believe that they're going to be a very fun, very strong faction. So if I were to play them, I would probably splash in either Unicorn, which have a lot of movement options, or the Lion. They also focus on honor. However, that would help shore up some of your weaknesses in military matches. And the other option um, would be Scorpion, because that is the other major political faction. And the two together would have a very good blend as far as what they could do with the honor and dishonor of their clan and their opponent's clan. The clans that would actually want to splash Crane are basically people who want a little bit more control and card draw. Because a lot of their conflict cards are about bowing out. So overall, I'm a pretty strong fan of the Crane clan. I like them. I think they're a lot of fun. Not one of the ones that are on my top list to play, but I still enjoy them a lot. Tune in next week, and we're going to be going over the Lion Clan cards. Actually, those are being recorded out of order, so tune in anywhere from one hour to five minutes to a day, and the Lion Clan should be posted up. Please like and subscribe on WordPress, SoundCloud, and Facebook. Music is Pray for Japan by Free Events Orchestra. This has been This Week in L5R, and I am Shisura Nasanaka. Thank you very much.